Welcome to episode 28 of the SVOPA podcast, live from St. Vincent's School. Welcome everyone uh, to SVOPA live at the school reunion, so let's hear you all shout hi. And this is, we're all in the chapel, so it's the first time we've actually done an event in the chapel, um, as far as I can remember at AGM. Well, what we're going to do is... Um, we're going to start off, I'm going to hand over to Dr. John Patterson. Thank you. And he's going to introduce things and what we've got planned. Thank you very much indeed. Can I extend a very warm welcome to, is that coming across that okay, that mic? A very warm welcome. It's thrilled my heart to see so many here and to see so many of our own past pupils and also our current pupils and their families. It's great to see everybody together. I had a thought about what I was going to do today and a reflection of like the old and the new and you had two choices, I'm going to ask you your choice. You can choose to sing 32 verses of a very, very, very long hymn and I'm sure you might remember some of those and the square bottoms that you had when you left the chapel or (laughs) would you like a reflection on what the school is now? Good answer. 52 verses. Kill everybody. I am going to introduce, I'm going to hand over back to Mike again. I'd like to thank him for the hard work him and his team have done to draw all of this together. I'm going to introduce you to Ukebox. And they reflect in the music they play with their vibrancy, with their innovation, with their creativity and with their go-get'em feeling. That reflects in words and music and attitude and spirit what is happening in school now. Can I introduce you? Big clap, please, for Ukebox. Welcome, guys. Big round of applause. And we've um, got some of the, the children as well who are, are going to be doing a performance. So who have you got? And who, which children are performing for us today as well? Uh, where are they? Catherine Leach. Doing with the school as well? Yeah, of course. So um, we were brought in uh, by Dr. John to uh, to come and help uh, help some kids learn the ukulele. So uh, that's what we play. This is our our instrument of choice as a uh, as a band. So we're a ukulele band, and we were approached by uh, a great guy called Bernie Hollywood, uh, who was interested in starting the world's first visually impaired ukulele orchestra, uh, and he wanted it to be based here in St Vincent. So. We uh, managed to secure some funding and we came up with 20 ukuleles uh, to bring in for the kids and we've started rehearsals with them, we've had about four rehearsals with them and they're sounding absolutely brilliant. So hopefully they've already got some gigs lined up and we've got a, uh, we've got a little orchestra on our hands so uh, we'll be hearing some more from them hopefully in the uh, coming weeks and months. Right, dancing is allowed, I challenge you, I, ch- <laughs> I challenge you not to dance or smile or have a big cheesy grin with this. Are you ready? What are you expecting? Oh, think again. Ukebox, give it one. 
So give them a round of applause as they come up. Either current or not. Okay, we uh, we only just managed to get practicing with these girls this morning, and uh, well, let me tell you, they're very, very talented. You're going to really enjoy what we're going to do. So we're going to do two songs for you, and it go a little bit like this.
So I think you'll agree they uh, are setting the bar pretty high. The fantastic standard, considering we've only had one morning to, uh, to rehearse just before we, you all came in now. So we're going to do this one now, which is originally by Journey. If you're a fan of Glee, they brought back the song uh, with, with great strength. And it's this one, it's called Don't Stop Believe. Hey. Yeah. One, two, three, four.
absolutely fantastic. So, our work with uh, current pupils here at St Vincent's isn't going to stop today, just there. We've got one more guest soloist coming up, so we'll give a very warm welcome to the lovely Summer. So Summer's going to uh, play the flute for us. She's uh, soon to take her grade exam, so uh, this is a little bit of a practice for her. So take it away, Summer. Thank you very much once again to Summer. So, we're going to do a couple more songs for you and then we're going to let you go on with your AGM. So, this one is a little something by Rihanna.
Go, but I'd like to say I'm very proud of your girls, Catherine, Nicole, Jane. Wasn't that just wonderful? Takes a bit of bottle, that. 
you don't know how old you are and, and how long you've been at the school and a little bit. Catherine. I know Catherine, well. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Go on, Catherine. Yeah, you can, you can well, I'm Catherine and I'm 16 and I've been at school for nearly 12 years now. Um, so, you know, it's quite a while. But, um, yeah, I'm in the post-16 now, just starting my first year and, you know, I like it and, you know, it's mad to see how many people were actually in the school at one point or another. But, yeah, I'll pass on to Nicole now. I'm Nicole and I'm 16 and I've been in the school for nearly 12 years and I'm in year 11 I'm starting with GCSEs. Hi, I'm Jane and I am pretty new to the school. I only started last year and as you can tell I have scalps and <laughs> I am directly from in Liverpool. There you go. Jane, if you don't mind us, we know that you're going for an operation next week yeah. and the girls, Jane's going for an operation next week and the girls have got together and got her a little present which she didn't know about. Yeah, we've got you like to present We will miss you. You know what? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That was pretty joyful, wasn't it, that music? I'm sure that'll be offered up in praise. And we'll keep you in our prayers, Jane, all of next week. You'll be great. It'll be fine. We look forward to seeing you back in school. Well done indeed, girl. Right, can I just, can I just have the last thing? Are you glad you didn't get 52 verses of a hymn? I'm hoping that that did show and reflect What's fresh in school? Was that fresh? Yeah. Innovative, creative, that's what happened in school. And if you look at the words they were to don't stop believing, our children not stopping believing in themselves and others. We sung about love, loving each other, loving ourselves, loving the world. If we looked at all of that together, this is where our children are deciding, it's called voice work, they're deciding on where they want to celebrate and showcase their strengths. And it's through that we're looking for that employment opportunities, which I talked with Mike with last night. So, youth box, I know we're now stuck in a back room in a confessional box. And, and I'm sure we won't mind if you need to escape, gentlemen. You can run through the middle as we give you a standing ovation. Or, or I don't know, maybe we should do the swords like this or something. But <laughs> that looked a bit strange. That looked like something else. <laughs> Oops. Uh, uh, so, youth box, thank you very much. We don't mind you running through. Podcast at svupa.co.uk So, um, in a few minutes we're going to ask John to, to join us at the front just to tell a little bit about what the school's doing. Um, but what we want to do first is we've got... Uh, a couple of people, you know on the podcast we like to interview people and, and, and we've recently been talking on um, VI Talk, who a lot of people have known the work me and Joe are doing with VI Talk. And um, we've been talking about sort of careers and career opportunities and it's amazing the breadth and, and depth of what people from this school have actually achieved in different aspects of life. So um, what we'd like to actually do is ask Gemma to come and join us. 
and um, Jane's going to have a quick couple of minutes chat with her about what she's done and, and, and where she's got to. Okay, hi Gemma. Hi. Hi. And we were at school together, weren't we? Yeah, we worked yeah. for a few years, yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So when did, you, um, when did you first come to St Vincent's? I started at St Vincent's in 1974. Um, my brother was here from 68, I think, yeah. So they had us here from 68 till 87 when my younger sister left. So I was here from 74 to 86. Okay. And um, so by the time by the time you left, did you have any idea about what you wanted to do? I did in that I knew I wanted to do something in medical in a medical field, um, nursing or nursing wasn't an option for me. Uh, medicine wasn't an option because I haven't got the brains. But um, I went. I left school with plans to do A levels and go into physiotherapy. Um, so I went to RNC for two years. Um, Left, went to mainstream college in Alden, where I'm from, and um, left education for four years and worked. And then when, and then later on, in, when I was about 24, I decided to go back, and um, I went back to RNC and got into physiotherapy that way. Wow! Just tell us a little bit about that course and what it involved, and you know um, what you remember most about it, the highlights really. Well, the course was three years. Um, there used to be. Um, a physio school for visually impaired people in North London but that shut down so which was good really um, because we were we were in mainstream uni so I went to uni in East London um, the highlights of it was the parties and, <laughs> and um, the clubs and everything like that but <laughs> seriously a lot of work involved, a lot of academic work and we did so many, about in total, about um, 30 weeks of placement where we'd go and work in hospitals, and they still do that these days. So you do background stuff and the theory and stuff at uni, and then you go and work with, you basically um, in a hospital environment, and you basically work as part of that team. So you're working in a hospital while you're studying, and you put into practice what you learn at uni which is quite terrifying when you're going into a hospital you've never been in before and you've got to find where, you know, there was no one to show you where you were going, there was no one, you know, you did all the research and all about what you had to do at the, at the hospital yourself. So it was, you, you're completely out in the real world. Yeah, of course, because having a visual impairment on top of that, you know, I mean, it's hard work as it is, but having a visual impairment as well... Um, I mean, it must take a lot of kind of courage and determination, you know. I don't think, I don't think of it like that. I think of it that it's what I've always, it's what I've always done. I've always been used to travelling on my own. The underground in London, yeah, that's a little bit daunting, especially when you get in the, on the circle line in the wrong direction and end up oh at the other side of London. But it's just one of the things, you just take it on the chin and get on with it. Right, amazing. I think it's amazing. But um, so once you'd finished the course and everything, the placement, did you go straight into a job? I did. I started working um, at, at, for Mid Yorkshire NHS Trust, so Wakefield, Pontefract, that sort of area. That was I qualified in '98, and I've just sort of worked my way up, and I'm now a um, I'm now a clinical lead for medical and elderly physio. So yeah, I've, I've been there ever since. I've never moved. And you're still enjoying it? Yeah, I. I enjoy the work, I enjoy what I do, um, but the NHS is run more like a business now. You're so, now. So you've got to change the way you work to adapt to the pressures that are on you. You don't, you, don't, you don't do as much with the patients as you'd like to do, but 
you've got to move with the times. Yeah, but I think you've got the personality that, from what you've said, you've been really, really good with the, you know, um, relating to the patients that you see on a one-to-one level. And I think that's really important, isn't it? You have to. You, in the little time you get to spend with them, you have to try and get to know them. And you're always going to get people who don't want to do what you're asking them to do. So you've got to try and get on a level with them and find out something you've got in common with them and work with them that way. And it, it does generally work. And would you recommend that career to other visually impaired people? I would recommend it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, w- I would. I would. <laughs> you've just got to be very outgoing, not scared of meeting new people, and quite confident to do it. Brilliant. Thanks, Gemma. That's great. Right. That's great. Thank you very much, Gemma. You know, sometimes you have this surreal moment at work. <laughs> Somebody knows what I'm getting at. <laughs> and you just do your job. And you pick this customer up and it says, customer received a box of files when they'd open a box of paper. So you ring this customer up, don't think anything of it. Hi, can I speak to such a person? And I think, I recognise this name. And I just casually sort of say, I've not heard that name for a long time. Yeah, from the old school. And that person sort of wasn't really listening, but sort of listening. You know these moments where... You say something and you come back and stop and that, eh, what? <laughs> and it was like, who were you? I said, well, who were you first? And I happened to get and speak to Sue Clamp <laughs> last week. And I've, I've been generally trying to reach um, Sue Clamp for years, you know. Um, I've just invited to things like this. So I'd like to welcome Sue Clamp. First, welcome her here. I, yes. I remember also, yeah. 
Anyhow, so he did say, I've been trying to get in touch with you for ages, and I said, I know, and I'm rubbish on Facebook, can't cope with it. Press a button and the world gets to know if they're lucky. Next thing, I've got 3,000 friends and I haven't got a clue who they are. So then he did say, well, we're having a reunion, and I got the date, and I said, yeah, okay, we'll come, so we're here. So, great. Now, thanks very much for inviting me. These are the people I... Uh, recognised in the audience, and I believe Betty Eccles is here as well. <laughs> okay, let me see. The only thing that I can remember that when I was going round the school looking for the naughty people, I vaguely remember that Michael and I used to go swimming at about half past six in the morning. Which very, very quickly got stopped. But I think it was something to do with I'd fallen down the stairs and I had to swim 20 lengths a day. And he volunteered to come swimming with me. So there was nothing, you know, well, untoward about well, that. I was swimming actually, anyway. Wasn't you were, that's right, yeah. Okay. And then I think one of the reasons that used to wake Betty Eccles up was all the banging and the noise that used to happen. You know, every Tuesday night, I think, uh, in the assembly hall when the disco dancers used to be dancing, <laughs> right? And we actually were very, very good because we went off to do competitions and we've got a couple of disco dancers here in the, the audience, I think. I think we have to mention Miss Joanne Matthews and I have another idea that a gentleman called Tony Hodgson was also a disco dancer, and I have still got the photographs of us in our rather snazzy navy blue, if you were a male, and bright pink leotards with leggings. I'm, next time I come, I'll bring some of those. We were very good, we did competitions, we got gold medals, didn't we? Yeah, we got gold medals, I remember that one. Okay, the next two that I can remember in the audience, Again, they weren't naughty, and I'm trying to wrap my brains. There was a young lady called Holly Mitchell, and a young man called Joe Robinson. Okay, and I think Holly was in Dave's class, because I haven't really said for the moment, my husband and I are very pleased to be here. And for those of you who didn't know about the worst kept secret in St Vincent's, Dave and myself went out with each other for eight years. And eventually we got married, and we've been married 15 years now, haven't we? Yeah. Um, another young lady that I was very, very pleased to see, and I came across her uh, a few times, Shelley Bembo, with new husband Alan. Shelley Bembo, who still works in, um, in Chester. That's right, yes. And I can remember, because I'm, I'm a real recycled teenager, love 60s music, and uh, they remember going to see Jerry Marsden, who used to not live very far from, or used to play, um, used to play golf with your dad, is that right, Shelley? Yeah. Yeah, and I can remember accosting poor old Jerry, Jerry Marsden at some show, and starting twittering on about Shelley, never to miss a, a chance to meet a recycled 60s star. Okay, so we had Shelley, and then John Johnson. Well, what can I say about John? You weren't one of the disco dancers, were you? You weren't a disco dancer. 
Well, you went, you went on one of the dances. <laughs> I'll tell you something. We used to go youth hostel, right? And I used to take crowds of us at youth hostel, right? And we went off to Island Hall one weekend, first time we'd ever we took over the whole hostel, I think. And I can remember saying, and we gave you all a big talk and said, now, <clears throat> no, no booze, none of this, none of that, none of the others, right? Well, you know, and pigs might fly. So we get we get to the youth hostel and we were absolutely convinced that somewhere booze had come with us. Right? And I've had a confession today, but I already knew Tony and friends had hidden all this booze underneath the floorboards in one of the dormitories. And you will never guess how it actually got there. Somebody said they were fishing. They wanted to do some fishing, right? <laughs> and in this great long fishing rod case were all these cans of lager. There you go, you see, we knew that all along. Right, they... Right, so... Who else have we got? Robbie Clark. Robbie Clark, right? I remember Robbie playing the clarinet, but right? I do remember something else, but I won't embarrass you. Right, I, won't, I won't tell them all that long. I remember something now that. Anyway, nice to see you, Robbie. And I used to go, we used to go to some club somewhere in the Wirral, didn't we, with your mum and say, crowds of us. Did you go to that, Joanne? Can't remember. We did, and we used to go to some club, you know, terrible. You know, we used to do these things. Right, Paul Lang and Dog June. Is that right? Paul Lang and Dog June. Okay, you used to play the clarinet too. What, what instrument did you play? You didn't. Oh, right. oh well, I remember something else about that. Okay, Paul Clayton. Okay, and Dog Lloyd. Right now, I can remember when they tried to change the Brown Maths Code in about 1987. St Vincent's put quite an opposition to it, including Paul. Remember, we did, didn't we? But we didn't win, and we haven't won with changing this standard English spell to UEB either, have we? No, forget that one. Okay. Three young ladies have come down to see us from Ten Shores. Miss Kate Costello. Yeah. Jenny? Yeah. You were a disco dancer, weren't you? Yes, that's right, yes. And then another young lady who goes back even further, a young lady called Miss Karen Briggs, who I used to teach at Linky Grange before either of us arrived at St Vincent. Remember? Okay, so, who else have we got? John Hale, with guide dog Betty, Betty and Wendy. Wendy Smith, I can't remember you very much because uh, you left. Right. Other members of the audience that I can very, very pleased to say hello to. Okay, Paula, Paula Beach is gone. And Paula was the one, was the very first person to find out that Dave and myself had got married. Because we were on our honeymoon, and who should be walking in the same village as where we were on our honeymoon was Paula Beach. So we had to confess. And then the Sue and Marie, I don't know where they've gone now. Now they were the first people who taught me that some people in Liverpool drank a pint of wine when they went out for the evening. <laughs> a pint of wine. Okay. And there's, there's Wynne and Kevin, who I've known for many, many years, and Claude, who used to help when we did all the French. 
for you to do all the French here. Right? And of course, Sid, Mr. Wilson, who's had a long chat with Dave, and amongst many, many other things, Sid invented and we helped with the Primos, the Primos, which was how you taught uh, Braille music, and it was based on a cube rhythm. So I've just done a very quick whiz through some of the things that I, I could remember while I've just been sitting here. Um, I have to say, I didn't actually think the ukulele band were as good as the school band that we had with Joe Lampton, who's just walked in, and Ian Byers.
we was only talking last night in the in the pub, you know, like good old past pupils do at the pub. Yes. And um, it was quite funny because we were talking about Sue. Because um, there was me, Jane, Gemma, Paul Clayton, and John, his wife, his son, all on there. Um, and have we missed anyone out? And Joe, and Joe C as well came later. And we were actually saying about Sue Clamp when she was here. That she was a breath of fresh air. She came in and things changed within the school and she brought her new ideas and fresh ideas. Yes, she brought Lycra, but that was like <laughs> and, um, and Leotards for boys, you know, it's just <laughs> Bring back the Leotards. <laughs> no. But what I'd like to do is because you know it's good on these days to look back and look at what we had and what's happened, but I want to hand over to John because he just wants to tell you a little bit of what the school's doing now and, um, and what it's doing in the future. And then what we'll do is we'll have a quick five minute stretch. The, um, the guys from the committee can move down here and then we'll get into the AGM. So, um, John, would you like to come forward? Thank you. Shall I put on my proper teacher voice? Can you all hear me with my teacher voice on? Good, good. Sue, that was very kind of you. Thank you for your kind words. But I've heard a lot about you. Probably more than you've heard about me. Which was lovely to hear about your creative and your, the breath of fresh air. Um, I wish I'd worked with you, Sue. But you know what? I get a feeling we might do. Oh, and it would be lovely if you brought back... Uh, some of those ideas I've heard that you introduced, and I'd love to talk to you about that. What do you think, everyone? Yeah. 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 Yes, only if it's green lycra, though, for, uh, for Mike. He likes green lycra. Uh, in, in smart arm context, I'm a passionate believer in what's called social capital theory. Sounds grand. What it means is when networks and neighbourhoods work together, Things happen. Things like increased employment, increased educational achievement, lower crime, better health. This is all researched by the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development. It's researched by the World Bank. But you know what? It's something St Vincent's does well. Networking strengths into areas where we can showcase skills, the strengths of our children, not the disability, as we look for jobs and friendship groups. That's what we're doing. But we're doing it in a way, it's called voice work. Asking the children, we're at the, last year I talked to you about what I wanted to do. Do you remember? I've been gone, done it. Now we're looking at, not the blue sky thinking, here are the real outcomes. Here we have the world's first ukulele orchestra. That will lead to fun. That will lead to going out into the world and playing in organisations and making friends. But it also means our children can start developing ideas, ICT applications, ways of making a living through being involved with music and performance and ukuleles and recording studios. There are many jobs there that our children can do. If you look at Catherine, Catherine is actually the first ever visually impaired police cadet, ever. Yeah, that's a job. <laughs> Social capital theory does this um, soft outcomes. Catherine was helping with Mrs Beach to run the cafe that you had a cup of tea in. 
where they're learning money skills, profit, loss, entrepreneurial learning. And the chief police came officer, the chief constable came in, and other police officers, and they didn't realise that the children had made the sandwiches were visually impaired and that were serving them. She got in on her strengths because of that and the conversation that they had, she was invited and got in on her strengths. That is very encouraging. That's soft outcomes. We're doing what's called project-based learning. And if you look on the website, we have some of the starting projects up there. We have a solar panel bid where our children are involved in green technology and they're raising funds to buy solar panels. There will be jobs in green technology in the future. Our children are involved in a photography project where they're taking photographs, getting poems behind them, and Liverpool Hope University are writing, uh, sorry, lesson plans behind them. And those are going into every single school in this city as a learning resource. Alongside, guess what? Our ukulele orchestra. Yeah. We're doing uh, menus. This has been done before. We're doing menus for all the restaurants in Liverpool One. We're not, they're not paying us anything, but in return, we're going to go in with our ukulele orchestra. <laughs> and we're going to go in with ideas. We're developing a lot of computer technology ideas, one of which is uh, young man Ben Laidler has made, developed a game. And in that game, it's I've got a visual impairment awareness twist on it. I can't get away because I'm signed up to all sorts of secrecy acts. He went into Sony, he's been with Capita, he's been with the big players of computer technology with his game. This is where we need to be with our children, reinforcing that, showing the strengths. I'd love you to share with you all of these projects as they develop, so they're going to be on our website. Please keep, them, keep, please keep them in your mind, and please give me what you think, because you have been through experiences that our children have here. Give me your ideas and your views on these project-based learning that is focused on employment. Would you do that for me? Well, that would make me really happy. Something else would make me really happy if you gave me your bios. Where are you now? What are you doing? Let me share that with our pupils who came today because it was great to see. Julie, you were talking to the pupils you've been, been seen us before. It was great to see that talking going on, that collaboration. That's the key word, collaboration. So that's what we're doing in school. Thank you, mate. And we absolutely love it, don't we? Yay. Yeah, we love it. So thank you so much indeed. Thank you very much. What I'm going to do is I'm going to wrap up this episode of SVOK Live and live again in the chapel. So um, for those listening to the podcast afterwards, they can get in contact and have a podcast at svopa.co.uk. Don't forget you guys listening, get in touch with us. We want your I confesses. And if you've got any today, just grab hold of me. We can get them on for future podcasts. We want your over to use. Send us in recordings of your school memories and all the things I can remember. And even if you were naughty. <laughs> yeah. Remember, as much as the podcast is, is for past pupils, we're not connected 100% to the school, so we can be honest. 
And um, so yeah, drop your emails in podcast.svlpa.co.uk. Um, go to the website www.svlpa.co.uk and check us out on Facebook. And also, just to mention, Joe, sorry she couldn't be here today, and um, she's enjoying herself down in sunny Timmouth. And, um, and obviously, keep an eye out for the VI Talk stuff me and Joe do as well. If you don't know about VI Talk, just come and see me and quite a few Jay knows a lot about it and so on and so uh, we'd like to encourage you to get involved in our other projects as well. So, thank you very much for, for coming, guys. And, that, and then we'll speak to you all next month. Bye-bye.